switched on on F104 and I'm joined by motoring journalist Dave Humphreys. Hello. Hello. So we were chatting a little while ago before the Formula One season even started, but now we're kind of in the middle of it. So they're in Monaco in last. Thick of it. Yeah. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what happened last week. Okay. So last weekend we had the Monaco Grand Prix, which is race fans either love it or loathe it, but it is arguably the most flashiest Grand Prix mm. of them all around the streets of Monte Carlo. Um, it's not always the most exciting race to watch. And it did get a bit kind of you know, halfway through. It was like, okay, there's not a lot happening. And then the rating got turned on its head and we had quite an interesting, quite an exciting race. And that's just Monaco. You know, it just throws up all these surprises every single year. Tell us who kind of came out on top then last weekend and kind of how does it work really? So it is running now until November. Yes, yeah. So we are like we've you know, we've actually kind of lost a couple of races already. Unfortunately, okay. they had to cancel yeah. the Imola Grand Prix the weekend before due to all the horrific weather that they've had there. Um, but we're also now into like into the European leg of the season, so to speak. So we've had Monaco now. This weekend we have the Barcelona Grand Prix, mm-hmm. and really the races are going to start coming thick and fast now. And the championship is hotting up now. It is still Red Bull in the lead by by like nobody can touch these guys. You know, the car they have is just so far ahead of everyone else. The next in line really is the Aston Martin. And that's done very, very well this year. That was a bit of a surprise as well. So it is kind of the big thing is like, how is this Red Bull doing so well? Mm-hmm. And Monaco threw up a bit of a surprise mm-hmm. because... This During is where qualifying. I went. To, yes, this is where I went yes. down the rabbit hole last weekend. <laughs> exactly. So during the qualifying session, right at the start, unfortunately, Sergio Perez hit it, put it into the wall. Normally, what happens at a Grand Prix when they, when when a, when a car goes off the track, or whatever you know, it's either pushed to the side of the track or mm. it's put onto the back of a truck and taken away, and that's it. But in Monaco, it's so there's so all the confines of Monaco means that they just put it onto a crane and lift it up into the sky out of the way which meant that finally, for the first time this season, everybody, the entire world, could see the underside of the Red Bull car, the floor of the car, so to speak. And this is the thing that generates all that downforce, Mm -hmm. all that performance that this car has. So I'm sure the people in Red Bull literally had their heads in their hands going, oh no, like this is literally, what have they done? now you see how the magic trick is done. Mm-hmm. That's what this was. And this is where so, I ended up on Twitter last week and there was people dissecting it to the minimal. It was unbelievable. Oh yeah. So when this happens, the photographers, that are, the pro photographers that are there are literally photographing every single thing they possibly can <laughs> Because they sell that to the teams. All mm. the other teams will buy these photographs off these kind of photographers or spy photographers, if you want to call them that, because they're trying to look and see how are they doing this. And this was the first time they've been able to do this with the Red Bull. So it was really quite interesting to see. And actually, we saw in, in comparison, Lewis Hamilton just before uh, in, in the third practice session also went off. And the same thing happened yeah. with the Mercedes. And you could see there was such a visual difference, even if you didn't know a whole lot about race cars. If you saw them two side by side, you go, oh, they're totally different. Mm -hmm. So we were able to see just how complicated and complex that Red Bull is. And that is why it's doing so well this season. That's a huge part of this package. And I suppose there is one thing about seeing the photos and seeing the differences, but to, I suppose, be able to make those differences and make them make a difference to the car 
is going to make the difference, that's isn't the it? Tricky, really, like that's, that's what it comes down thing. to. Yeah, it's not like they can just everyone can turn up this weekend and they've all just made a copy of it. <laughs> yeah. But it will allow them to kind of maybe see something and go, oh, okay, that's an interesting design concept, mm-hmm. or that's an interesting, you know, performance upgrade. How they've done that. But this weekend in Spain, it, a lot of the teams are bringing pretty significant updates. So that's what normally happens. So mm-hmm. at the start of a season, we have what, what are called the flyaway races. So these are in the far-flung corners of the world, like Australia, Bahrain, Saudi Arabia. But once they get to Europe, they're closer to their home bases. They've gotten a few bel- a few races under their belt, and they start then to bring out the updates and bring out the upgrades to the cars. Okay. Now, we had some at, at Monaco last weekend. Mercedes had one, but Monaco isn't a track where really you're going to notice the upgrades because it's not a very, it's the slowest race of the mm-hmm. year, really. It seemed Barcelona, quite twisty, didn't it? It's very, yeah, it's super yeah. twisty, and, and they're never going all that. I mean, they're going quick, but of course they are, but mm-hmm. it's not a sort of high-performance, high-downforce mm-hmm. track that the likes of some of the other races that we're going to visit are. Now, Barcelona is traditionally the big testing track for years and years and years. That was always the testing track for preseason testing. Okay. So it's a, t- it's a track that teams know really well and it's a great place to introduce upgrades because they can kind of benchmark it against previous years that they've been there. They have a lot of data about it. So this weekend, you're going to see potentially a big performance update from Mercedes Red Bull are rumored to have a new side pod design, as do Ferrari. So a lot of the teams now are starting to put the upgrades on and maybe in the hope that they can try and catch up to what Red Bull have done so far with their car. And now in Barcelona, it's going to start out with qualifying races first, isn't it? Yes, exactly. So um, what we've got is you've got... For how it's going to run this weekend, uh, on Friday, you're going to have practice one, practice two. Saturday, practice three is in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then qualify, like, so not everyone likes to watch your practice sessions, but qualifying on Saturday is the one to watch. That's going to be at 3 p.m. on Saturday. So perfect in the afternoon. Hopefully it's going to still be as sunny as it is now. Mm-hmm. And then so that's like you've got one, a one hour qualifying session. Then we're going to have the race on Sunday. Starts at 2 p.m. Uh, Irish time and that's that's when hopefully we're going to have a pretty good race this year At the moment has there been any surprises? I think the biggest surprise that a lot of people will probably say has been the performance of the Aston Martin mm-hmm. so Aston Martin last year they, they weren't really there at all you know and it was, it was kind of sad to see Sebastian Vettel you know go out end his career in a pretty lacklustre way mm-hmm. But this year, they have just totally turned that car around. They use the same engine as Mercedes. So they're a customer. They're an engine customer of Mercedes, but they're they're outperforming the works team. So that's kind of slightly embarrassing for Mercedes. But Fernando Alonso has done superb this season. He's got, you know, got some fantastic results in. He is clearly the third place in the championship. Um, he's been on every podium this year. He's just done really, really well. So like that's the one thing we weren't really expecting. And it's not entirely down to Fernando Alonso either. His teammate, Lance Stroll, like he's put in some pretty good performances. Okay, Monaco was a complete disaster for him and he ended up retiring. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think Fernando Alonso is kind of re-energized. He's in that team now. He's making that team work. Unusually for him... He, He's now really being a real team player, which is something we're not used to seeing from Fernando Alonso. (laughs) 
So I don't know. Nobody really understands why he's kind of changed his mindset <laughs> because you know, he was always he was just a ruthless competitor. Mm -hmm. And the last thing you wanted to ever be was Fernando Alonso's teammate. And, you know, he's had such fraught relationships with, so, you know, even with Lewis Hamilton um, many, many years ago when they're both in McLaren. You know, they, they just used to play terrible mind games with each other. He got on pretty well when he was in Ferrari. But yeah, it's... Uh, but this year, you know, we were just we're seeing a totally re-energized Fernando Alonso. And as somebody that's followed him, like I remember when he had his first race and when he started. So I followed his whole career. And to see him now so energized, so happy, just absolutely in love with the sport, despite being one of the oldest guys on the grid, he is still just he has not lost any bit of talent that he has. That's the mm -hmm. crucial thing. So it's great to see him doing well in that. Um, I mean, some of the other teams, Ferrari, unfortunately, just continue to almost self-sabotage themselves every single race. They're just, it's either, you know, a, a reliability issue or a bad strategy call. We saw a little bit in, Mon in Monaco as well, uh, to the point that, you know, science was shouting down the team radio at them. You know, it's just, they just seem to not get it right um, maybe now with you know with Fred Vasseur, the new team boss there, hopefully he can maybe kind of steady the ship a little bit. But they just you know there's been so many times where they have literally snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. There was also some rumours around Lewis, Lewis Hamilton as well this week, wasn't there? Yes. Yeah, so this was in in the build up to the Monaco Grand Prix. Rumours started to swirl that Ferrari had made an offer to Lewis Hamilton to to jump ship, mm -hmm. so to switch over to the Maranello team. Now, initially, it wasn't quite clear as to how that would work. They thought, well, is he going to replace Carlos Sainz? But then they actually started to suggest that it would be a bit of a swap deal and Charles Leclerc would go to Mercedes oh. in his place. So they would do a bit of a driver swap. Now, they have subsequently they've both come out and said no absolutely it's not happening Ferrari have said they haven't made an offer Lewis Hamilton was a little bit more coy about it because he's in the middle of, of contract negotiations with Mercedes so mm -hmm. it was absolutely in his favour to suddenly have a rumour going around that Ferrari <laughs> you know, effectively the biggest team in Formula 1 historically are trying to sign him because that just means he can he can up his price he can up his value Um. Personally, I didn't believe it. I didn't think it was ever going to be on the cards. I think at this stage, Lewis has had such tremendous success with the, with the Mercedes team. And at this stage in his career, I don't think he would walk away from that, mm -hmm. despite the lure. I mean, for every Formula 1 driver, no matter what they say, there's something about the desire to drive one of those red cars. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's the team that's been in Formula 1 from the very start. It's got tremendous history, a real mystique about it. So, yeah, I can understand why. And, and there's certainly always been a what if, you know, we always think, oh, what if he went to Ferrari? Would it make a difference? Like, <laughs> Would it make a difference? Mm. It's one of those kind of things in the same way you want to see like, you know, like like great footballers, you know, mm -hmm. like the Lionel Messi's of the world, whatever. You want to see them like, are they going to sign for this team or that team? And, you know, it's kind of like a dream team setup. But I think at this stage, he's he's a bit too mature and also Ferrari just aren't there. So, you know, even though Mercedes are absolutely on the back foot, I just don't think 
he is he would fit into the team in the way other drivers have done in the past. Yeah. And, you know, everybody will always talk about, you know, the Michael Schumacher era of Ferrari because that was just an incredible run of huge success. But in many ways, that's exactly what Lewis has done at Mercedes. You know, mm -hmm. he went to Mercedes when Mercedes wasn't really doing all that well and kind of helped you know, put himself at the center of that team and built it all up around him in the exact same way that Michael Schumacher did at Ferrari. And he also, you know, repeated that success that Schumacher had. You know, he's won all these championships, but he's done it all. Um, you know, although he you know, he he did win a couple of world championships before he joined Mercedes, but he's had the bulk of his success has been with that team. And I think he's gonna, you know, they're gonna do a deal. He'll sign mm -hmm. a contract. He is going to see out his career, his racing career at Mercedes and I think what we'll see is that he will become a, an ambassador of sorts for Mercedes and, and he will you know, he'll continue to be associated with, with them I think for the rest of his career yeah I think it would make but, sense you know, he, but he's got plenty of other things to keep himself busy and he's not exactly short from no, a few okay. bob anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he'll be alright <laughs> he's doing okay for himself but like for, for Mercedes themselves like who else would you want to have because you know he, he's the most successful F1 driver in history but he's also a huge star in his own right outside of the world of Formula One. You see him at all the, the fashion shows yeah. at all the, you know, he's at the Met Gala. He's at all the right events. He is a, you know, a real kind of top tier celebrity in that sense. So absolutely. you absolutely, that's somebody you want to have associated with your brand. Of course you do. So it makes total sense that he's just going to stick with that company you know, effectively when I literally for the rest of his life, I think. So are you looking forward to this weekend then? I, yeah, for me this weekend, like I love Monaco. It's mm -hmm. Monaco is my it's favorite pretty. race, even it though it's lovely. not always the best. Because <laughs> there's just something about it. Like even when I was a little kid, watching it, like watching race cars, Formula One cars around the streets of Monaco, just had everything about it. But this weekend, with so many teams bringing updates, I am going to be watching every single session to see who's sandbagging, who's got what updates. Who, you know, is there going to be a little bit of a kind of rejigging of the, you know, of the hierarchy for this season so far? So I think it's going to be a pretty interesting race. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we could be on for having a bit of an unexpected result. I, I don't for a second think that Red Bull are don't have a chance of winning. I think they are still the absolute like in with it, in with the best shot of winning. But I think we will see some stuff from Ferrari. And I think hopefully we might see something from Mercedes as well to kind of creep back up. And that will make it a lot more interesting if suddenly you have four, you know, three or four more teams much more in the battle to win a race. That's when it's going to get really interesting. Absolutely. Dave Humphreys, motoring journalist, thank you so much for chatting to us. Thanks.